to say that I'm absolutely shocked because your Pastor John, he is so amazing and so hilarious and funny. And I was just like bracing for him to say something embarrassing about me <laughs> on that video. We have a lot of meetings together for our conference office. And sometimes those meetings are like extra 30 minutes because John is so funny and we're laughing. And then after a few minutes, I'm like, oh, wait, he's laughing at me. Okay. <laughs> I'll just go with it. So that was so kind and, and, and so gracious of him. But um, John is really amazing, and I'm, I'm so grateful uh, to be here today and to be with all of you. I'm going to be talking about vulnerability today, and I will share to start off uh, first being vulnerable. So I had a nightmare last night. And in my dream, my iPad didn't work when I was coming up to prepare to speak. Uh, I didn't have my papers with me, and I lost my phone. And so I got up here just pan and I, I woke up like that. I woke up panicked. Um, and then so literally when I pull out my iPad this morning, it stops working. And like by the time I got here, it totally stopped working. Um, and then I go to the printer to print out uh, my notes, and then the printer prints out every other page. And I was like, okay, Lord, what's going on here? But let me tell you, Jesus shows up because then your church magically provided me with an iPad. So, amen to that. But would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, um, Lord, we just give this time to you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be in every portion of this room, in every part of this place, Lord God. I ask, Lord God, that you would just burn away any distractions, any heaviness, anything that we've brought in with us, Lord God, and that you would fill us with your spirit. You would give us ears to hear, Lord God. Absolutely none of me, Lord, and all of you, Jesus. Bring healing, compassion, generosity, the fruits of your spirit, at least direction, Lord God, by the end of our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. So the topic today is the power of vulnerability. It's going deeper with God and deeper with others. And so in my lifetime, I actually had a great childhood and, and great upbringing. But then along the way, when I, and I'm going to talk about it in a little bit, but when I was in college, I had some traumatic events that happened. And it caused me to shut down and close up. And I'm already an introvert, so I had no problem doing that. Um, and closing up. And so I realized uh, the consequence of that was that I was no longer vulnerable. And so I found difficulty in um, connecting with people and making relationships. I also found difficulty that if I couldn't be vulnerable, then my relationship with God was not deepening. My prayers were kind of flat and stuck. It was almost like I was hiding from God. It just became a duty to pray instead of really giving God all that I was and all that I am, including my flaws, in order that he could come in and help me to grow. And so once I kind of figured that out, I realized, hey, you know, I, I have to get vulnerable. I have to open up to God and to people because that's how he's going to use us. That's how he stretches us because we're called to make disciples. Amen? And so the, when I was 19, I was a sophomore at my um, first semester uh, in school, and I lived in Washington, D.C. I went to a university there, and I was sexually assaulted on campus. And so following that, there were uh, years of depression, and um, I just lost every ounce of vulnerability. I was very closed off from the world and very closed off from God. But what I have learned is that trauma 
can either give you something to stand on top of, that you can begin uh, with power from the Holy Spirit to go out into the world to make a difference in other people's lives by sharing your story. Or we can allow the enemy to win and trauma will cause us to close off from God and to close off from people. And so for a little while, I did struggle. But what I did learn is the power of vulnerability and the power of trust. And when you have that, you can reach out to people and we can go out and fulfill the Great Commission to create disciples. Because when you create disciples, like we'll see in a minute, we're going to read about Jesus, that's a lifetime of work. It doesn't just happen in one connection or in one meeting. You have to allow yourself to be authentic and come close to people and let people see all of the muddiness and all of the ickiness and all of the dirt, because guess what? Then they can get to see what Jesus has done in our lives. And so, uh, oh, actually, I switched that. So um, something that's really important that I wanted to share, too, is not only will we go deeper with God, but we'll also go deeper with people. So in this picture, um, I was actually speaking, and I showed this picture somewhere. My dad was there, and I was, like, describing who I was in the picture. And afterwards, he said, everyone knows who you are. You're the... (laughs) You don't have to do that. (laughs) So I won't do that today. But um, these group of girls are are people that I have grown up with. And so even through all of my most difficult times in life and throughout life, no matter how difficult things got for me or how closed off I was, um, they still held on to me and still loved me. Because we have this um, call first to be upward, like our relationship, who we are, comes out of our upward relationship with God first. And then out of that, in this call to make disciples, we need community We need people who we can be close to, who we can be real with, who we can take off all the masks and say, this is where I'm at today, and they will love us. And then they pour back into us. And then out of that, we're able to answer that call, that great commission to go out into the world, to go out into our community, and to make disciples, to bring people to Jesus. Even people, because people are difficult sometimes, you know? (laughs) Amen. Somebody said amen. (laughs) I know. So we, we need first to be with God, then to be with people close to us in order to answer this call. And so I'm going to be reading today from Mark, um, verse 3, 1 through 19. And so you can turn to your phones, <laughs> as I'm doing too. And I chose this verse simply because we have an opportunity to see who Jesus is just in a day in the life of Jesus. So it says, another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake and a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard about all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and the regions across Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. 
Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. For he had healed many, so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. Next, Jesus went up to the mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave them the name Bonerges, which means sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. So the big idea today, the big theme, the big takeaway that I would want you um, to take away today is becoming vulnerable allows us to develop a deeper relationship with Jesus and others so that we may go out and make disciples. I love the snapshot into Jesus' life that we saw here because we see Jesus' vulnerability. In the first half, we see the Sadducees. And let's be honest, these were people who were set out basically to annoy Jesus on a daily basis. He goes into the temple. It's truth. He goes into the temple. And from the time he gets there, they are closed-minded. They are looking for a way to take him out. And so we see that Jesus is vulnerable. Um, In a different passage, it says that he looked around them in anger and he was grieved, in a, a different translation, at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. So relationships require transparency and we see that Jesus was transparent. Do you know what it's like for Jesus to come in and to show anger and grief? I think about when I was growing up as a kid, there's five of us in the family, and uh, my mom, she would always get home before my dad in, in summertime. Let me talk about anger, when she would come in and like the house would be like crazy during the summertime. She's like, what did you do with your time all day? You know, or you think about grief. For the Bible to use that word, the translator to use the word grief. I don't know if you've ever experienced grief. I remember when my brother, he had a seizure and it ended up cutting off his air supply. And so my father had to perform CPR on him. And when the ambulance came, uh, the paramedic to take over and my father had to release. And um, my brother at that point still was not breathing on his own. I saw what it looked like to have grief. And so when we have that kind of grief and pain, sometimes we want to hide it. But here we see that Jesus, who we are made in his image, comes in and he is so transparent to the people. He's transparent to those, his 12, who are following him, the followers, because he wants them to understand in order to make disciples, in order to lead people to me, you have to be honest about who you are. And it's out of this transparency that he goes in and he heals the withered man's hand. We're also going to see later in the passage that Jesus takes time away from people because sometimes he can become very, very overwhelmed. Also, we meet the 12 disciples at the end of this this passage. And so at the end of the passage, we also see, or right after that situation of Jesus being transparent, because sometimes we can become overwhelmed, Relationships require us to be transparent. 
absolutely, to fulfill the gospel. But then directly after that, sometimes we need to be refilled and replenished. And so it's important to have people who are close to us. Because it doesn't say that Jesus, you know, had this moment with the Sadducees, he healed this man's hand, and then he went out and did that 10,000 more times. It said he immediately told his friends, get a boat. And he went away. And this is Jesus. He had to take time away for himself. And so I would ask, in your life, who is in your boat? Who are the people that you can be transparent with? Who are the people that you can say, you know what, I've had a difficult day. I've had a difficult day. And I need an opportunity and a chance to get away so that they can be in your boat with you. Because in that time, the disciples, they, they were, there was a friendship there. There was a relationship with Jesus. And they were able to help rebuild and restore. And that is something that we need in life if we are going to fulfill this great commission to make disciples. And so in this photo, that's who is in my boat. Those are my siblings who every summer we never wanted to clean the house. <laughs> but these are people that I can trust no matter what. I can call in the middle of the night. I can ask them to pray for me, and I know that they will. And when the world gets overwhelming, these are people who I know who will be there with me. And this is what Jesus also had. As much as he was teaching the disciples, this was his community. He also had Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And so it's so important as we develop relationships, because we need those relationships in order to move forward, that we are transparent and we are vulnerable so that these relationships can have depth, and pour back into us as we pour back out into the world. Relationships also require rebellion. And I know that is a crazy, crazy word, and I don't mean rebellion and fighting against your spouse, but um, against the enemy and against insecurities. Often, um, if any of you use Facebook or use Instagram, I had a set of, a pair of friends who kind of began to fall away from one another because as they're flipping through using their thumb, um, they began to not be as transparent and not as vulnerable in spending time together. They were just looking at their lives based upon the screen. And over time, it created insecurities within them. And then the enemy was able to play on those insecurities. And you talk to uh, one of them on the phone, but did you see that new car that they got? I don't know how they're going to afford that. And then the other friend would call and say, you know, I bet there's problems there. I bet there's troubles there. And you could see the enemy breaking down this long-term, beautiful friendship through this tool of social media. And so in order for our relationships to be healthy, because we need that relationship with God, and we need that relationship with people in order to make disciples, we have to fight against the enemy who will call out those insecurities in us that make us think that we're not good enough, that we're not worthy, that we don't have enough, maybe that we're not smart enough or we have nothing to offer. Because you were made in the image of God. You were made in his image and in his beauty. And he loves you with an everlasting love. And the world will have nothing to receive if it does not receive it through you. And so we have to fight against that negative self-talk in our relationships. Relationships also require vulnerability. To open the door to deeper encounters with Jesus, community, and to have a genuine compassion to the world. 
Mark 3.20 says, Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When you serve people, maybe you serve in your families, you serve your children, your siblings, maybe you're taking care of someone, Um, You're the person at your job who always has to do everything. It's really easy sometimes to be overcome and and overwhelmed by that. And we see that Jesus was all the time, everywhere he went. It was like, poor guy, he could not catch a break. Crowds and crowds came around with him, even to the point where he didn't have an opportunity to eat. But I love that Jesus was always vulnerable with those who were around him, those that he was closest to. And he knew when there was time to go away and a time to rest and a time to refill as well as a time to work. And in our relationships, in order for our our relationships to strengthen, it's important that we understand who we are about ourselves and we share that. So if you're an extrovert and you're outgoing, you need to share that with the people in your life who are introverts like me. So then I can not be selfish and say, hey, this person needs some of my time. Or like, I am, I'm an introvert, and I have to tell the extroverts in my life, you know, I just need a minute. Let's not talk for about an hour in this car. (laughs) And I promise I'll be happy when we get to to the end of our journey. But that brings health to our relationships. Also, this sense of vulnerability. It allows you to open up, and I promise your prayers, your prayer life increases. Because if you can't become vulnerable before God... If our prayers become these kind of prayers where they're quick or they're fast, or we think, you know, when I, once I clean up this area of my life, or I clean up this sinful pattern of my life, Jesus, then I'll come to you. Then I'll surrender it all. That's not the kind of love that Jesus is looking for. He's looking for a vulnerable heart, not a perfect life, because a vulnerable heart he can use to make disciples and lead more people to him. Relationships also require credibility, and they require trust. Mark 3.13 says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those that he wanted, and they came to him. I love that in the end of the passage, he calls out each person, each disciple by name. And that's very, very important, because we see that when Jesus was credible, it wasn't just anyone that he was inviting. He knew these people. He knew these men, these were, this was his family. Later in uh, other scriptures, when he talks about um, Martha and Mary and Lazarus, we knew that he had a very intimate and personal relationship with him. And so he names all of their names, and he has nicknames for them, like the Sons of Thunder. That is a nickname because these, they probably had temper tantrums. They had some attitudes. And a later passage, John comes, and there's like all these people gathering, and he's like, bring down the fire on these people. And Jesus is like, whoa, John. Whoa, son of thunder, (laughs) you need to relax. But I love that they could be themselves, that Jesus didn't come in and rebuke the brothers for their passion, but he understood them because there was this trusting relationship. And so when we offer others our vulnerability and our authenticity, we're able to create long-lasting, trusting relationships that fill us. We're able to do the same thing with God. Everything that God promises us has been true. There's nothing in our lives, there's no prayer that is ever uttered where he does not hear us, weep with us, rejoice with us, answer. He is so credible. And so he calls us to trust him. And out of that trust, out of that uniqueness, we are able to build a life 
that can be so passionate and on fire with Jesus, if you never uttered a word about Jesus, it would absolutely show in your life and in the way that you live and in the way that you speak and in the way that you are with others out of this vulnerable relationship that you have with the Father and the way that people see that you treat others in your life. Amen? Amen. Vulnerability also develops compassion. I love this quote um, by Henry Nouwen. It says, uh, it means compassion, moles, self-righteous people into gently caring, forgiving persons who are so deeply convinced of their own sinfulness and so fully aware of God's even greater mercy that their life becomes ministry. The enemy would love for us to take our sin and our shame and our pride and destroy us with that. I was uh, at an Old Navy and I was in the dressing room and I realize now in hindsight how crazy I must have sounded because I'm trying different things on. And I, th- I must have been talking out loud and I was probably saying things like, ah, oh, this looks terrible. Oh my gosh, you're so fat. Ah, ah, ah. And I'm just hating everything that I put on. And when I walk out, uh, the the girl who was helping the attendant. So she's like, so you won't be taking any of those, I assume. (laughs) And I was like, oh yeah, no. And I just thought, well, that was poor witness. Hope this girl isn't going to like need Jesus in this moment. Because she's like, I'm not about to hear that from you. You just beat yourself up. And so, you know, God is so compassionate with us. And often, sometimes it's hard to be compassionate with those who are Um, the homeless, or those who are on the streets, Um, sometimes even people within our church community, because we haven't first shown compassion to ourselves. The grace that Jesus shows to us, we need to in turn show that grace to ourselves. Sometimes, church, we just need to give ourselves a break and say, you know what? Jesus, I've fallen short of the glory. I'm not perfect. I'm nowhere near there. I'm probably not going to get there. But you love me. And so I'm going to work out of that because your grace and your mercy is matchless. And so can you imagine if you start waking up every day saying, I'm a child of God. I don't have to be afraid. I am filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And you believe that? Imagine the people that you can touch Imagine the tears that will spring to your eyes every time you see the broken and the lost and the lonely. And all we have to do is move in this heart of compassion that God gives us and place that on yourselves. Take off the weight of sin and burden and shame because the price has already been paid. And surrender that. Have you ever seen someone be... um, being arrested before, usually if they're, you know, on the side of the road, their arms are behind their back, and their head is down, and you're driving along, and everyone's a looky-loo going slow looking at them, and they look so ashamed. But instead, Jesus shows us so much compassion that when we surrender, it is so beautiful. Typically, we are kneeling, or we are on the ground with our arms open wide, and our palms up, and you can raise your eyes and your face to the one who is the king above all kings where there's no shame in him and he says I love you you were healed you were changed you were forgiven 
that relationship can still find healing, that brokenness in your life does not have to be broken forever. I am the solution. Jesus has come to overwhelm the things that overwhelm us. And that comes out of a life of compassion. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10, and I I love it in this version, it says, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit that searches everything, even the depths of God. Can you imagine that we have access to that? That overwhelms me. I think about my own life, this girl who was sexually assaulted and then went on to become not vulnerable at all and to become very angry and to become about money and a career and to get into very unhealthy relationships. Then to have a pregnancy in which I terminated and then to want to kill myself because I felt that I was lower than the low. There was nothing for me. And then Jesus met me in that place, the day that I surrendered. And he says, I know who you are. You are still that little girl. I know every hair on your head. And there is nothing, nothing that you can do that can ever change my relentless love for you. And Jesus is calling that out to each of us. And then he offers his spirit Paul says the same spirit that knows the depths of God, that we have access to that. Church, we can change the world with that kind of endless power and grace. We can change it with love. And so over the last 10 years, God has revolutionized my life and has allowed me these opportunities. I'm getting ready to leave on a uh, mission trip to Indonesia where I'll take a a, a team of young adults, pray for me. Um, (laughs) And this is my fourth trip there. And every time I've gone, God's allowed to use my story to help a woman or to help a family. Um, There were girls that they were isolating. It was a girl that they had isolated and shunned from the community because she had been sexually assaulted. And I was able to unknowingly share my story. And then the villagers welcomed her back in to the fold. And when I went back again, um, yeah, she was getting ready to get married. You never know what God's going to do. And you can't allow the brokenness of the world or the insecurities or the enemy to stop you. Because you were called, you were made for something amazing and something great. And each of us are great. So even if it's one person that you're supposed to reach, that's what we were called to do. Vulnerability develops authenticity. Again, I shared earlier, Mark 3:17. James and the son of Zebedee and his brother John. To them, he gave the name Bonerges, which means sons of thunder. You can be who you are. You can be exactly who you are. Jesus knows I'm an introvert. I don't know why he told me to become a pastor. <laughs> But you can come to him and be exactly how you are. And he will mold that and use that. The more that you know Jesus and the closer and the deeper your relationship goes with him, it doesn't take away from who you are. You become more of who you were always meant to be.
Vulnerability also develops a humbleness. For I decided to know among you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified, and I came to you in weakness, in fear, and in trembling. It's okay if you're nervous or you're scared or you think, I don't have anything to give. I can't be used. I'm not smart. I didn't graduate from high school. I didn't go to college. Everyone can be used to serve. The call to make disciples was not just for pastors or leaders. It was for every single person. And the way that we do that is to have a beautiful upward relationship with Jesus, have a community of people who come alongside of us, and help to fill us up as we pour out. And then humbly, Paul, who's the father of our, of our church, powerful speaker, said that he was always in fear. And he was trembling. It's okay to be nervous. I was. I, had, you know, I brought all this stuff because I was afraid that it wasn't going to work out. But Jesus can use that. And so, quickly, what uh, keeps us from health in our relationships typically is fear shame and pride, and that is from the enemy. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus says that I have come, that they may have life and have it to the full. So all of those things that we are holding on to, all of the resentments, and sometimes even in our own relationships. I know it happens in marriages, with siblings. It's these things that we hold on to with our parents that divide us, that keep us apart. Jesus is saying, I want to reconcile that. That is what I came for so that you may have life to the full and represent who I am here on this earth. The benefits of vulnerability means that you get to have a deeper relationship with the Father. How amazing to have that one person, if only one, that you can say anything to, that you can get angry with, that you can tell them that you lied, You can tell them how you really felt. You can apologize to them first before the person that you know you need to apologize with and talk it over with God. Ask him, how do I go about this? The moment that you get vulnerable with Jesus, everything changes. And even though your situation might might not change, you may not have more money, you may not get that perfect relationship yet, I'm telling you, everything on the inside, though, you begin to operate out of a joy that no one, nothing, and no situation can take away. Vulnerability also provides us to, uh, allows us to have closer relationships with people. When you really get real with people, I, I can remember uh, being a youth and going to camp, and I'm shy, so it'll be all these kids I don't talk to. And then you go to camp, and like, it's like the night before you leave, everyone just like pours out their heart, and we're all crying, and we've talked about everything that we've ever done wrong, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I bullied you, and, um, and everything's forgiven, and then all of a sudden you have the depth of these relationships um, that you come back with, and you're thinking, why didn't I ever share before? What was I afraid of? Because I'm better off when I have people that can love me and I can love them. And then out of these two comes our deeper compassion for the world. When we have the strength of God in our lives and the strength of people in our lives, we're able to go out into the world and help the people who sometimes are a little bit prickly, the people who may not be ready sometimes for help, the people who hurt us, but we're able to have the deeper compassion. And so on this final slide, these are still the same girls. Won't point out who I am because you got it. (laughs) But now, even so, all grown up, it is out of my relationship with the Father 
and my relationship with my siblings and my parents and these girls who I've known since I was six years old that has really allowed me, they've been God's hands and feet on earth to speak love and joy over me so that I can go out into the world, all of us, and be compassionate to those who really need compassion. And so my prayer for you today would be that very same thing. That if you are not in a place of vulnerability or you haven't felt that depth with God in a very long time or maybe never at all, that today would be the day. Maybe it's when you're at home or maybe it's in your car listening to worship music. That you would truly, and I have to do this every day, over and over again, that we would surrender ourselves with our palms open and our faces, the grace of God, shining his glory down on us that you would receive that love and strengthen that relationship. I also pray that you would come to know good people in your lives because I know that they're here in this church and you would become a strong community of people that with them and their love and the love of God that you can overcome any trauma, any difficult time, that you would feel Jesus' hug and love through those people and then you would take that and that you would go out into the world and that you would make disciples for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? And so would you stand so that I can pray for you? And I'm also gonna lead us into a time of communion. And I just wanted to say, uh, this is your home, and so thank you so much for inviting me into your home and um, allowing me to come and share a piece of my life. As brothers and sisters in Christ, it is um, amazing when we can come together. And no matter if you're in Long Beach or Garden Grove or where I'm going to the other side of the world, Indonesia, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can rejoice in that. And so soon we're going to prepare to take um, the elements of communion. And so the night before Jesus died, he gathered those that he was most vulnerable with. Could you imagine the fear and the trembling that he would have? How humble he had to be. But he had his relationship with his father. And he had his relationship with these people who didn't even get it. They didn't even, they couldn't even understand, comprehend what was about to happen. But just being in their presence brought him a sense of peace. And so he invited them to this table. And when you invite people into your home, into a table, you show them equity. You show them that we're equal here and that we're a family and that we're going to share. And then he would show them through symbolism that they would take his broken body and shed blood and through that, he was going to bring reconciliation into the world that would change the world forever. That he was going to wipe every tear, clean up every pattern of sin, and make available love and compassion for the entire world. And that each of them, these, this band of a motley crew, even the sons of thunder, that he was gonna die for them and make this available to them and make it available to us because Jesus came to overwhelm the things that overwhelm us. So as the ushers come forward, 
Would you pray with me as I pray over um, the elements of communion? Heavenly Father, what an opportunity, Lord God, to take time into the community of people. Thank you for inviting us to your table, Lord, to be reconciled with you, Jesus, to have this opportunity to say, I'm sorry, to have this opportunity to be vulnerable and say, Jesus, look into my heart, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, O God, and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the path of righteousness. God, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that we can have an honest, open relationship with you. Jesus, bless your people here today. Bring others to them, Lord God, that would help hold them up. And then help us, Lord God, that we would go out into the world and make you known. In Jesus' name, amen.